Hi, welcome to another episode of Better With You, Alive Suicide Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the ACE support system that the Army used in combating suicide. It's mainly for intervention. As we go on, you will see reasons why I say it's mainly for intervention. The ACE, A-C-E, stands for Ask, Care, Escort. Ask, Care, Escort. ACE, this is the Army approved model for training and intervention. Ace training, this ace training, it equips personnel with the skills necessary to recognize suicidal warning signs and symptoms so that you can have these basic techniques for intervention. Ask, care, escort. Ask, care, escort. Let's start with the ask. Asking is always the first place or the first step of helping someone. You cannot just assume. You cannot just read mind or act like you understand everything that is going on with somebody. We got to ask questions. The most effective questions are the powerful ones. The ones that are direct. Like the army model Ask. You need to ask the person, are you thinking of killing yourself? Are you having the thought of suicide? Are you thinking of taking your own life right now? These questions are very important. We need to ask direct questions. We need to talk to the person in plain language. Not try to beat around the bush, but just going straight and asking are you thinking of killing yourself? When asking, we have to talk openly about suicide. Our discussions will not give the person the thought of suicide if it is not there before. When you ask this question, most of the time, it's, all, it's usually a relief to the person thinking of killing him or herself. Don't just refrain from the question because you think if you ask the question, you will be the one injecting the thought of suicide into the person. That is contrary to the actual fact. We have to ask this direct question for us to know if the person is thinking of suicide or taking his or her own life. And when we ask this question, we must be willing to listen and allow the person to express his or herself. We have to give the person an open floor to express his, his or her feelings. We have to let the suicidal person know that we care by listening. You have to ask the question if he or she has a plan. Questions like this. Have you thought of how you will kill yourself? Remember, you have to listen to the person. 
Because if you ask the person a direct question, then are you thinking of committing suicide? And the person said, no, I am not. Then you can go ahead. You cannot go ahead and start asking the person, have you thought of how you will kill yourself? So it is very important that we listen to the details and we pay attention to details when we're asking these powerful and direct questions. Remember, you have to ask direct question. Are you thinking of killing yourself? And if the person says yes, then we need to go ahead and ascertain if the person already have a plan of how it's going to make the suicide work. And remember, simple questions like, have you thought of how you will kill yourself? What are the plans? How do you think you're going to do it? How do you plan on taking your own life? Most times they share with you. If, if they've already made their plans, they will let you know. If they have not made up their plan, you will know. Why is this important? This helps us to gauge the emergence of the situation. It helps us to understand if the person already have a plan or if the person doesn't even have a plan or is just having this, the thought yet. If the person is already having a plan, now all, the case is serious. All suicide cases, whether it's just a thought or the action with a plan or not, they are all serious. But when the person already have a plan on how he's going to do it, now it becomes more serious, more urgent. So we have to know if the person already has a plan. Then we move to care. Caring is asking simple questions like, please tell me what happened that is making you feel so distressed right now. Can you tell me how this all gets started? It's an open-ended question. It's a question that gets the person to talk. It's a question that gets the person to explain him or herself. It helps you understand the person's pain. And it is a question that can open the person up so that the person can discuss with you enough to allow you to encourage, encourage them. And I want to plead with you that when you get them into this questioning, when you're trying to show that you care, and when they are explaining to you, understand that this person may be in pain. Allow and encourage the person to talk freely. Don't try to restrict the person. Sometimes it is understandable that we pastors, we Christians, we don't cause, we don't use cause word. And the person we're trying to help is using cause word. Let the person be. It's not about you. It's not about your faith at that time. It's about the person you're trying to help. Let the person be free enough to share his or her own feelings. Because that is how you're going to know how you can help the person. When the person is sharing his, his or her own feeling, restate what the person said. 
ask for clarification. If you don't ask for clarification, it only leads to frustration because the person is just talking, just sharing his feeling, but you don't even know what the person is talking about. So where you don't understand, ask the person to clarify. Let me give you an example. There was a time I had that I was helping a suicidal patient. He was explaining to me some of the stuff that was happening to her at that time. And he was explaining the doctor's report. And there were some medical terms that was being mentioned. I am not good with medical terms. So it got to a point I had to ask for clarification. What is this? What do you mean by this term? What do you mean by this term? And the person was surprised that I don't know. Because he, she expected me to know, but I don't. And I wasn't going to pretend like I understood when I was blind. But the good thing is, the moment she started clarifying all what she was saying, I started understanding her pain. I started understanding where all the loss of hope was coming from. It became easy or easier for me to relate with her. So what I'm saying is that we have to listen for the reasons that may keep the person alive. We have to listen to understand the person's situation. We have to pay attention to details. That is how we show that we care. We have to keep the person's safety in mind, take action, and make plans to remove the little means. Remember you asked the person, have you thought of how you're going to take your own life? And the person said, yes, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to use weapon, or I'm going to use this rope, or I'm going to use this knife. Now, during our caring, we have to make sure we look for a way to get rid of those little means of taking their own life. We have to make sure that we separate them from those things. And we have to talk to them about ways of staying safe. When asking, when caring, listening, and paying attention to detail can really help you save a life. The last thing is escort. You ask, you care, and now you have to escort the person. You have to escort the person to where he or she can get help. Like for the military, you have to escort a person to either the leadership or you escort a person to the chaplain. Or you escort a person to be a Vera health professional or maybe an emergency room. The nearest help available is the best help at that time. The best help is the nearest help available to save the person's life. That is the best at that time. Sometimes it could just be behavioral health professional, counselor, professional counselors. You may have a chaplain around. You may have a hospital general. And you may just have your phone to die 911. We all have ways we can help. That is why it's very important for you to acquaint yourself with resources that are available around you. Not just for yourself but to help others out also. Adopting the attitude that you are going to help a person 
will save his or her life to a great extent. We have to ensure that someone stays with a person until he or she receives appropriate help. You don't want to leave the person alone. We don't just want to say you are not alone, but we actually want to be with a person. And if we can't be with a person, we have to make sure that someone is with a person and the person is not alone. Most especially when seconds count. It doesn't take that much time to pull the trigger. It doesn't take that much time for someone to hang him or herself. It doesn't take that much seconds for someone to stab him or herself. We can't leave the person alone. And one thing I want to make I want to make sure I put out there is get help immediately. Know where to get professional help. Most especially from the resources in the military, in the civilian community, and the veterans community. A person with suicidal thought needs immediate attention, regardless of if they have plans or they don't have plans. As long as they have suicidal thought, they require immediate attention. Ask, care, escort. This is paramount to our suicide intervention. We have to ask the right question. We have to care by listening. We have to escort them to help immediately. But what happens if the person is adamant? The person is stubborn. He doesn't want you to take them to any help. The person doesn't want you to escort him or her to anywhere. What do you do? One thing that I've always done over the years is call the law enforcement. Call 911. It will save the person's life. It will save your life. Because if the person has a weapon and the person knows that you're not going to let him or her go, it doesn't really happen always, but the person may take your own life if and take his or her own life if the person is determined. When we're saving others' life, we have to save ours first. There's a scripture that says we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Remember, you have to take care of yourself in the process. Before we wrap up this uh, episode, let me just throw some cautions out there. Please, take comments or threats seriously. Talk with a person and help him or her find help. Don't just ask questions and walk away. Help the person find help. Also, have, it, have this in mind that helping someone in a suicidal crisis may make you vulnerable to emotional distress. Know that you don't have to do this on your own. Enlist the help of others. Try to get others to help you. You can't do it by yourself. We don't want to lose you in the process. 
Remember, we are better with you alive. We are better with you alive. Lastly, no one method works with every suicide case, please. Approach the situation according to the individual's background and need. Listen to the person. Try to understand the person. Pay attention to the person and to the situation around the person. Don't take things for granted. Don't take your own safety for granted. Because life is good, but better with you alive. Everyone has a role in preventing suicide. By starting this conversation, providing support, providing care, and directing help to those who need it, we can prevent suicide and save lives. Life is good, but better with you alive. I want you to know that there's someone waiting to talk to you right now if you have the thought of suicide or if you know someone that has the thought of suicide. You can call the Lifeline number, which is 1-800-273-8255. And you can press 1 for military help. I repeat the number again, 1-800-273-8255. And press 1 for military. But if you are in immediate crisis or medical emergency, dial 911. Once again, thank you for listening to our podcast. We don't just want you to move on to the next episode or to someone else. We wanted to share this to our military members, to our veterans, to our family members. Please share this. We want you to join in the war against suicide. Don't just let this go. Pass it along. Share it. That is how we combat suicide. Why? Life is good, but better with you alive. Thank you once again. I am Ehi Dominion. God bless you. Remember and inspire.